0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Listeners and fans of the only undefeated team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davison as always. Mark, how are you feeling? A couple of days after what was a really, really crazy week 12 for the Steelers.
4: Maddie, at this point, I really don't know how to feel. What a, what a wild ride um, that was for, for Steeler fans, having the game postponed three times. And, you know, the Steelers wanted to go to work and then they weren't allowed to. And then the Ravens uh, almost wanted to postpone the game again. Uh, I re- I'm really glad, and I would like your thoughts as well, but I'm really glad this week's over. Um, we talked about this game uh, I, I think our podcast—we talked about it once. I think uh, BTSC in general talked about it uh, numerous times. Every time we got on the mic, all our fellows are talking about it. Uh, I'm happy that we're 11-0. Uh, some fans are, aren't aren't that happy that we're 11-0. You uh, know, uh, the NFL is not happy that we're 11-0, but reality is we are, and we can soon improve to 12-0. Yeah,
3: Mark, totally, and. Listeners this week's show is titled the Steelers week 12 journey leaves us thinking WFT Washington football team equally. There's probably a less PG rated uh, phrase that, that, that W F and T can be reworked into as an acronym or an abbreviation, depending on whether you use it on social media or not. But really, yeah, I just have to herald what you were saying there, Mark. Like, this week was absolutely all over the place. Number one takeaway, as we seem to say each week, because we're really fortunate to be able to say it each week, 12 games, 12-0, and you know, or 11-0, and sorry, 11 games, 11-0. Don't,
4: don't jump the gun just yet, but we, we can get 12-0, and definitely.
3: We can, but it's going to be harder than what a, lot of, what a lot of people think. But, yeah, I... I just think after craziness, the fact that we got the win, I think put everything behind it. Like, I mean, there's, you know, there was a lot of discussion around the amount of drop balls, whether it was just purely the defense that the Ravens were playing drop balls because of the way, you know, some of our guys were catching and they had an off day. You know what? I would rather the off day being this week with all the, with all the different things going on than be, last couple of weeks, of the season, going into the playoffs, playoffs, even next, even in two weeks' time against the Bills. I, I just much prefer that we got this out of the way of this game. We got the win. We're at home. You know, we move on.
4: Well, with that win, like, I, I think personally when I watched the game, uh, my, my, the only time my heart was outside my chest was when Big Ben threw that ball to Washington. Other than that, I felt we had this game in control. I thought it was a good game. It was a Steelers versus Ravens game. It was hard hitting. Juju was running over people. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. was running over people. Um, we had the the stuff up from Ray Ray, gave them seven points, and the big play uh, to Hollywood Brown gave them seven. So that was really the only time they had fought, They had they had a score right, uh, and we weren't playing well on offense. The whole world knows we weren't playing well on offense.
3: Yeah, and I I gotta say, like. Fair's fair, and you know, we've been pretty big, like as regular listeners of this show would attest to. We've been pretty big and always sort of had a bit of a positive spin on everything, and that's just the sort of blokes we are, Mark and I, and it's the sort of Steelers fans we are, and we like to see the the positives and we're real we're realists as well. We understand that the Steelers aren't gonna be perfect. So, you know, we're not gonna hate on our own team because of it. But I gotta say, I, I actually that 70 yard like reception that they allowed Hollywood Brown to get. I I thought we looked really exposed on that. I gotta be honest. Like I I know that you know Hayden had a really good pick six don't want to take away from that. But I that I thought that, that for me that 70 yard reception was just disappointing to be to be honest.
4: Yeah they, they seem to give away at least one of those plays a game. That's happening this season. Um, but at the same time, I think we can be disappointed when that happens but the other team's got to play too. So they're making big plays. Uh, You don't want to see that for a touchdown. Um, But yeah, like I've never, I haven't really thought in the last few weeks that uh, we're under the pump and we're going to lose and we have to come back. I think our defense always gives us a bit of control on how the game flows. And I know we might talk about the big old um, Bud Dupree situation soon. But yeah, I think our defense always gives us a chance to win and, and have that control factor.
3: Yeah no no definitely i mean the the defense that we've got i saw earlier today the steelers are uh, the fourth team to make it past 10 games where they lead in sacks interceptions and lowest points conceded and the like if you look at the other teams that have done it no team has ever officially had the what they call the triple crown in that so the Steelers, if they finished that season, would technically have the best defense since, I think, 1970 when they started recording, although when they had recorded all three, which would technically put them ahead of the 85 Bears that everyone always goes on about. So it would put them ahead of the 2000 Ravens. So, new 2000 Ravens. So, uh, like, whilst we're seeing 11-0 and 0 as being really special, for those fans out there, and you and I are both, I, I two of them, that love the defense, what we're seeing is really special. And, you know, the big challenge, as you've alluded to there, Mark, is no Bud Dupree. So, you know what? Let's hit it on the head. So, you you were able to watch the – I think you were able to watch the game completely when it happened. I had to do a bit of replaying. It sort of – it wasn't the easiest game um, to watch over here on the other side of the world in terms yeah, of when yeah. it aired, like start of our work day. Um, so, it was very much check the score, get little snippets in where I could and then and catch up on it that following night. But yeah, what were you, what were you, what were you, what were you feeling when Bud hit the deck? Uh,
4: it's not, it's not good, not a good thing. Uh, seeing any player go down, um, and it's going to end his whole season, which is um, not good for our defense. But um, you got to look into the next man, next man mentality. And like this is, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking, how do I address the situation? I need to be, need to be kind for the player to go down, but I also need to be realistic on who's going to step up in the situation. How Spillane is as, as Stepped up to the plate with uh, Devin Bush. So, I think that the same is going to happen. I think this defense continues to, to roll. Uh, Bud is is such a great player the last two years. And a lot of fans cursed his name and, and yelled at the clouds when the, the first three years with him. But now, um, yeah, he was playing great football. He had almost like eight, nine sacks. Uh, his run defense was fantastic. Just the way that line plays together is really, it keeps us, in a role in, in that game. And I just want to, like, um, add another point too. Like, like, how comfortable, when I'm watching these games as a fan, and you're a massive fan too, I just, feel, I just feel comfortable knowing that teams can't move the football. Like, yes, we did a big, massive play. But you know, and the way that Cam Haywood showed up last game was unbelievable. And when Tua comes back, it's so hard to, to move the ball and score points on this defense. It's so hard. How comfortable do you feel watching it?
3: Yeah, that's really, that, that's actually a really good point, Mark, because it's open the season. I, I thought the pass rush needed a little bit of work. And then they got that together. And then it was sort of like, well, what's the secondary doing? Because we had it like, particularly against the game against the Eagles, we sort of sat there and okay. And then there was the whole, You know, a couple of games ago, we went on that three game sort of stretch where, you know, our, our, you know, rush defense wasn't very good. So, but equally, you are right in that there's a level of comfortability that Steelers fans can have just because of the caliber and the quality that we've got. And we've, and equally, when you look back at our season, Devin Bush has been injured now, I think it's five or six weeks. Mike Hilton had four weeks out. Like, we've had different people out along the way, you know, to it, obviously we missed him the, you know, the other day, like there are different people that have had to sort of step up. So you've got to think we've gotten to 11 and oh. and yes, we've not, you know, I'm not going to go down this rabbit warren of the Steelers, of the worst undefeated team, because they played all these people, with, you know, rubbish records, but we've stepped up and we've won the games that we've had to, we've played, we've defended against the offense with offenses we have faced and we've won games through defense. I mean, pure and simple. So, you know, there is that air of comfortability and you raise a really good point there around with Bud Dupree, you know, Steelers fans were tearing their hair out and look fully transparent. I've alluded to it in different chats over the last 18 months in other people's, the other BTSC podcasts and live YouTubes. You and I have talked about it several times, Mark off air going into this season. I was pretty much like trade bud, you know, just before the trade deadline, get something for him. You know, I just take a bit more of a long-term approach Never despite the special season i just think we can cover it but i also felt i started to change this season i started to see like i I, bud was starting to back up what he did last year now i'm not going to sit there and say re-sign him because i I have opinions on who else they want should re-sign um obviously that changes now if you can get a cut price deal and what have you but i was sort of like don't bother re-signing in 2021 Um, but you know what? Maybe we should keep him. Maybe we should get through with him. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I told you so we should have, you know, traded him before he got injured, but why I had that confidence and he is a rookie and we can't expect him to do what Bud was doing because he doesn't have five years in the league. He wasn't a number one, you know, draft pick doesn't mean he can't perform in the NFL, but I really like Alex Highsmith. And I mean, Mark, you know this, we've talked about him on, on several podcasts. Like I think there's a lot of value in Highsmith and you know what for Steelers fans out there and you know, the next five games touch wood are hopefully not going to end his career. But like, what if, what if I like high Smith might prove that maybe, you know, we don't need to think about drafting another outside linebacker next year at all in the draft equally. He might prove, you know what, he might not be the guy or might be longer development. So with a high draft pick, let's replace but and give TJ like another wrecking ball on the other side. Either way, Steelers fans get to see this next generation come through. And, like, if we look at it and we look at the way that Claypool's been able to get into the, into the offense, we look at it the way, like, Minka, for such a young player, in all due respects, like, has actually been able to do things, I think Steelers fans should be a little bit confident there. You know, I'd much, I, I would much rather Alex Highsmith and a Denier than I would have Anthony Ciccolo and, like, yeah. some of the other different linebackers that we've had in previous seasons.
4: Well, that's exactly... Steelers, Steelers fans should be confident, I think, with um, anyone who suits up in the black and gold because when... Here's an example. That sorry,
3: sorry. I'm not going to be confident in John Bostich. <laughs> I'm not going to... <laughs> I could never be confident. in. Really? In, you didn't nah. like him
4: going to smack on the line? Okay, look, and hear me out then. Here's my example. So when, when Henry Mondo took over, there was a lot of like um and, and ahs about, oh, he can't play this, this and this. He played a great game, what I saw with Versa Ravens and made some key tackles. Um, I think we're just a bit too quick and early to judge on certain players in certain role positions, and we try and fill that gap. Okay, maybe Ola or Highsmith won't be Bud, but they'll be their own There will be their own person, and there might be a bit of a weakness. At the same time, they're gonna develop over the next few games and turn turn into hopefully a good or great player. So I just don't like yeah, uh, people are saying we should go sign James Harrison and like he's one of my favorite players. I love Debo. No, nah. we're not, not going to bring him back. <laughs> nah.
3: No, 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 thank you. 42 went to went and played for the Patriots. I don't care if you're the Steelers, all time suck leader. No, thank you.
4: No, thank you. Yeah, but we're, we're not like we're not going to bring him back. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I know, uh, even the whole adage of like bringing players in, it doesn't, as a as a franchise standpoint, it's so hard to bring a player from. From outside and then coming, that doesn't in, in the fantasy zone. It works that way, but I would I'm, I'm keen to see what OI can do and I'm keen to see what Highsmith can do. There's there's no doubt that those two players can jump into that role, and maybe not do the exact same thing as Bud, but they can do a good job.
3: Yeah, exactly. They'll get the job done. It's that next man up mentality. It's standard is the standard, and you know they've also got. I th- I think we also can be a little bit creative in a way, like you know, you've got Vince Williams, you've got Robert Spillane, you've got Avery Williamson, and we've started to see Avery worked into the worked into the um the the rotation a bit more.
4: He did. He played a fair bit. He played a fair bit that last uh, last game versus the
1: Ravens.
3: I could very much see, like we know Vincenzo can rush the quarterback. You could well see him on the certain plays, like play outside, like. I mean, I know it's not nothing near the like the real like real life, but like I regularly play him on the outside if I keep him in Madden. Like he's great off the outside, like he knows how to get there and he knows how to, he knows the thing about Vincenzo as well is like he knows how to chase the runner. So if where we're talking about how we can replace the production of Bud, and I mean, look, it'd be really interesting to hear Jeffrey Benedict talk about this, you know, or go deep dive into this, but I actually think that Vince can cover some of that for us equally. Like as we like, bring Mike Hilton, get, getting him back more more comfortable into the lineup, and he shuts down that that you know other teams' running backs, like you know the way he did to Saquon Barkley, the way he did to David Johnson, and the way you know he did to Melvin Gordon. Like, we you know we don't necessarily have to rely on one player to fill this need from Bud, you know, and that's where I think we're in a really really great position because we get to see people that want to step up, and ultimately. Whether the Bud's injury happens or not, the Steelers will win, continue to win in games, and continue in the playoffs. And if they get to the Super Bowl, they will win the Super Bowl purely based on do they want it more than the other team, pure and yeah. simple. Do the majority of their players, if not all, want it more than the other team? That's I mean, at this level and, and this quality of play, particularly when you get to the playoffs, there's some of the differences.
4: Well, you just got to think how many leaders are. Around. We said it a few weeks ago. Or well, last week of the podcast, there's about six or eight different Pro Bowls on that defense. Uh, I even I, I even caught a little bit of the game where I can see the communication is getting so much better. There's little things you might be able to pick up on. Like I see that uh, Minka is coming down to the line and then talking to to Vinny. Like they really, they're all they're all in this together. And I know like that's a very personal side to the football field, but I, I like to see that that camaraderie between each other, like Cam, TJ. It's so it's this is why I love the defense. It's so fun to watch. That's why I love the defense when, when Troy was playing. Um, when Troy would, was just running around and, and Ike was telling stories about him. Um, it's just fantastic. Like, okay, Bud goes down. It's horrible. But it's not the end of the world. Devin Bush went down. It's not the end of the world again. We had Spillane and he's, he's filling in that role. So, yeah, if, if we get uh, gashed on that side by, by running or we're not getting the sacks, but this team is just playing so well. well I think we have a chance in any given Sunday.
3: Well, that's it. Like, and, and my last bit to wrap up on this is when Ryan Shazier went down on that awful night that ruined what, you know, he was, he was having a crack at a hall of fame crew. Like he'd done done as much as he could have done in the first few years to get there. Like, Pittsburgh struggled to replace him for the, for a good season and a half after that. And it cost us in 2017 completely. Like it absolutely cost us at the end of that year. We didn't have the depth at inside linebacker that we've got at outside linebacker now with bud going. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. Like pure and simple. So that's where Steelers fans should place a bit of confidence and you know what? Okay, sure. If let's go if let's go down in the strength of schedule, the Steelers don't have the strongest schedule coming up. Great. Alex Highsmith can absolutely go nutto, and so can anyone else that like is you know is filling that role with Bud Left. Like we know for instance Washington have given up a ton of sacks. We know that the Bengals are giving up the most sacks in the league. Like we've got games that literally give him the opportunity to go feast.
4: The only thing is, Matty, I hope they tackle Alex Smith safely. Like that guy's been for a lot. Every NFL knows how much he's been through. I Like, I want to... Every other quarterback, I want to run into the dirt. But Alex Smith, that bloke almost died uh, after he got his leg snapped and everything else. So he went through, like, a a 17... Was it 17-month or 12-month, you know, recovery. And now he's playing football. So, yeah, I want to see Highsmith, you know, go tail on um, Alex uh, Smith. But at the same time, I don't want to see that bloke get hurt again.
3: So... That's my question for you. Well, I mean, we're going to preview Washington in part two of the show. Um, and for any listeners out there that this is your first time listening to Steelers touchdown under, we're we're a two part show and you would have seen that obviously in the title, but you know, we really like to spend the first half looking at the, the key headlines, um, you know, that have played out during the week and very much looking back on the game that was played often because we you know we come to you live um, on Saturday mornings where we record 14 hours in the future, but we record on a Friday night our time. So um, we always like to look back and it can be a long time in those five and six. And if it's a Thursday night game, like it's almost nine days between games. So before we preview, we really like to go back and look at it. And obviously this week, we're fortunate. The game was only a couple of days um, old for us. But what I wanted to say was that like, it's could be quite interesting for the commentators come Monday night because you've got Alex Smith and Alex Highsmith. Yeah. And by golly, if you know, Alex Highsmith does get a, does get a hit onto uh Alex Smith, I think there's going to be a few tongue twisters.
4: Well, let's, let's give um, uh, Collinsworth and I can't remember that bloke's name, uh, Trico, but Collinsworth the other day, there was one funny one with the Ravens. A lot of you guys would have heard this. Uh, it was uh, the Steelers at the goal line and Collinsworth was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to run the ball here three times in a row to get the touchdown. And then next minute, Big Ben throws an out to Juju and scores. Like Some of these blokes, I think they're trying to be more funny on the, on the commentating than they are actually watching the game. I don't I, – like, Collinsworth, I'm starting to – I'm 50-50 on him. Uh, he's always that guy. There's a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy.
3: Now, here's a guy.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here's a guy from University of Texas. That's a terrible accent. but That's I, awful. I just um, – it made me laugh. Like, he said, they're going to run the ball three times. Next minute, Ben throws it an out. And there's always, like this, like, this weird idea that the Steelers in the media now are just not being taken seriously. What's going to happen to – what's going to need to happen? Do we have to win the Super Bowl twice? Uh, or we need to beat the Chiefs and then we're, we're noticed?
3: Yeah, like I <laughs> – Mark's trying to rev me up. Mark's trying to rev me up. Oh, look, it, I don't know, Mark. Like I, as, I think we covered this like a little bit last week and the week before. Like it, it's one where I want us to win the Super Bowl because I want us to be the first to seven but I also just want people to have to listen and take note of the Steelers, you know, like, and that's the thing when I told you before, like, or I suggested that we might actually have a shot at this triple crown that would make us the best defense. Like you think about that history of the Steelers of like, you know, the quality of what we had in the seventies and what we had, you know, even the late two, you know, two thousands there with, you know, Troy and what have you like the idea that this is their team that could like lead the league in sacks, interceptions and lowest points per game. like, and it is an undefeated, potentially like, you know, there's an opportunity to get through an undefeated season. I mean, like, it, it's, it's absolutely nuts. And, you know, uh, like, as I said, I think it was last week, you know, let the haters hate. Let's roll on. Let's keep winning. I mean, at the end of the day, stats don't lie, you know, and the stats right now have the Steelers 11-0. and
4: It's funny, though, because a lot of people are here, even on my Australian page, they're saying, we need to get a loss. We need to find a loss we're getting near the back end where you have to start winning games to get a good run. I don't think we need a loss. I think we've got to keep playing hard and, and just keep winning. I don't think you plan for a loss. Like we want to beat Washington. We want to beat uh, the, the Bills coming up. Uh, we want to beat these teams and we want to beat the Colts and we want to keep winning. You, you play to win the game.
3: Yeah. Really interesting Mark. So in a lot of leagues, in a lot of sports, cause you know, like I follow a lot of different sports, but obviously you know, NFL is sort of my number one. Well, it's definitely, well, yeah, definitely my number one. And like the Steelers are my number one there. But um, with no number two in the NFL, of course. But like it, there are leagues where when you're playing more than 16 games, I understand the sentiment of needing a loss. Like I understand the sentiment. And when you're playing longer playoffs, like if you look at like an NBA or a hockey or whatever, like an ice hockey, like I can understand people sitting there and going like, you know, they probably need a loss here to like, and whether that loss comes, because you're trying things out or you're giving people rests or whatever, like I understand the sentiment, but I do agree with you when it comes to the Steelers in this season. Like it goes back to what I was saying a little bit before, where we've had different players out, so you have to approach the game like you're going to win. Because the reality is, we don't have Devin Bush. The reality is now we don't have Bud Dupree. You know, the reality is we've, we we may get guys on COVID list. So approaching a game where, oh. You know, we'll just see. We're happy to lose this one, or you know, if we lose this one, so what? That's the mentality that will get you punted week one of the like out of the playoffs, like a hundred percent. So, I do agree with you. We don't need a loss, you know, but it, like we need to just keep rolling on, and we need to have a mindset that we need to win, and we need to turn up to play, and we need to quote Mike Tomlin. We need to go about and do our business.
4: Yeah, what a legend Tomlin is. Like he has to have an idea for coach of the year. Uh, everything he says in every press conference is absolute genius. Uh, I'm loving him more and more as a Steeler fan every day with, with what he's saying.
3: So, going back into the into the game against the Ravens, just to sort of tie the little bow on that one for this year, where we've beaten two out of two, and you know we're looking we're on track for the AFC North now. Um, you know, in terms of potentially you know winning all our divisional games. Mark two players on offense. One that stood up for you, one that disappointed you.
4: Okay, two players that uh, stood up would be—I uh, give a shout out to the centre. Uh, what's his name again? JC Hassenhauer. Hassenhauer, Hasselhoff, Hassenhauer, JC Hassenhauer. Uh, for him to get noticed, 24 hours or whatever it was to play—that's fantastic. And the other bloke, I'm tossing between. Uh, I'm going to go for. Benny Snell, Benny Snell running over. I think it was Marcus Peters or one of the one of the corner, cornerbacks. Oh, so you
3: didn't have anyone that let you down. You had two blokes that completely oh, stepped thought, up.
4: Sorry, I thought we we're doing two and one. Two guys good and one guy bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. <laughs> Look at the positives. Mark always looks on the bright side of life. Yeah, go go, go 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 for your go for your one.
4: Well, the one who maybe who didn't play as well, uh, DJ has to sort his hands out. He's got to. Uh, He's doing the common thing, I think, where he's running before he catches. Um, I think he's in his own mind at the moment from what I'm seeing. DJ is a great receiver, great route runner. But come on, DJ, you've got to catch the ball.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. How about on the defense?
4: Defense, I really like how TJ came out again. He got the sack, I think, Oh, I'm going to keep going on on a tangent. Uh, how many can I choose again?
3: <laughs> you can have two defense and you can have, like, they we're good and you can have one that let you down.
4: Okay. And the other person for uh, defense would be Cam Haywood. He is playing up. He's a he's a big fellow up front. He wants to win this Super Bowl. He wants to, you know, put a stamp of approval on everything. Uh, maybe a person who let me down on defense. I'm just trying to think. I really can't. You know what? I'm not going to name anyone. That's a bad answer, but I can't name anyone. I like how this team's playing. 14 points a game. Come on. What about yourself, Maddie?
3: I think Eric Ebron steps up again. I think he made some key. Like, he had some drops and you saw what those meant to him. I think, like, he continues to be a go-to. And, like, we've talked about this peak your of poison offense. Like, in, like, the games against the Ravens are always going to be tight you at the end of the day like, like yeah the drops weren't good like they weren't and I, they need to get their act together um you know because it, it was just a game chockers full of um absolutely chockers full of drops um and so yeah so i really thought ebron stood up but you particularly when you've got like eric had 54 yards chase had 52 yards Deonze had 46 yards Juju had 37 yards and Benny had 33 yards. So like there's so like Ben is spreading the ball as we've talked about, but I think for Eric Ebron to have led that again with Chase Claypool, I think you're starting to see what we've lacked in other years. You know, when we haven't, you know, Vance isn't the sort of receiver that Eric Ebron is, you know, Grimble was certainly nowhere near that. You know, Gentry's not that. Jesse James, you know, w- was good, but I think Ebron's ability to catch the ball and, and catch the ball and run much better wide receiver style routes has created real headaches for defenses. So he definitely stood up for me. Um, I think James Washington stands up, and the reason why James Washington stands up—yes, he made that catch, but for me, Washington's not one of those players with an ego. He will get like, you know what, if he, if, if some, one of those other wide receivers is out, you know, I, I can see James Washington getting 80, hundred yards in a game. Like that that's fine. I can see that happening equally. He's just as comfortable to do the dirty work and do the hard yards. And in every particularly professional and in particularly us professional sports, you need a couple of players on a star started team that are happy to just do when, do what's asked of them when called upon. It's not about the flashy stuff. They just do what they need to do and when they need to do it, that's what gets you to different championships. So really happy with that. Person that let me down on offense was Derek Watt. And the reason Derek Watt let me down is I just didn't think they used him very well. So I'm kind of using that as a slot to say the Steelers sort of used him more. Um, And that's where it's, I think it's a letdown from the team. It's not a letdown from him um, but we've got to figure a way to get get him into into their offensive rotation if you if you like in terms of the way they're making players on the defensive side of the football. Completely agree with you. Cam stepped up and showed leadership, and I saw that in the like the, one of the pre-game press conferences when you know Tua being out um, and Bugs being out, he, he sort of talked about this and stepping up, and that everyone needed to step up. So definitely, I, I think he did that. Equally, yeah. I think did you, Mark, I'm sorry, did you,
4: did you see Cam do the one-arm tackle and push uh, RG3 in the dirt?
3: That's it. That's it.
4: Isn't, isn't that amazing?
3: It was. And <laughs> it was, It you know what? Like, we had that on offense as well. Like, what Juju did where he just absolutely oh. – and I loved he shared after the game too on social media. Is like, sucks to be stiff-armed by TikTok influencers. Yeah. And
4: they, these are the things we're missing as an 11-0 and football team. Like, these are such amazing, great football moves where we're showing our mental, showing our physicality, and people are still talking about being the worst, 11-0. Uh, but I'm seeing these things. They're, all, they're playing as a team unit, and I am really starting to get
3: fired up now. Yep, definitely. Um, and then the other one I was going to say was actually I thought Joe Hayden stepped up. I mean, you get that interception, you get that touchdown. And I watched the way he weaved through and he picked this gap. That's when This is the sort of game when you know it's going to be tight. There's all these other things that are going on. You just need the win. You need a, one of your veterans to step up. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where it was sort of leaning for me. But look, Mark, that wraps up part one of our, of our show for this week. Um, listeners, join us for part two coming right after this little, little pause as we continue the Steelers' Week 12 journey that leaves us thinking WFT.